Hey, it's Super Local with uh, Chicky and Drew, and uh, today we have Josh Schwartz, who's a great beer aficionado and is going to talk to us about that and about the lemonade business, and maybe we'll get into music, and uh, we're looking forward to it, so it's going to be a great show, and you know, I was thinking about uh, some of the possible subtitles for the show. You know, because you you know, as you fill out the podcasting form, you have you know, super local. What's the subtitle? I think the subtitle is our first studio guest. Our first studio. No, that's good. But I mean, for every episode, because like one of one of my first idea for every episode was super local guys who've never driven a Tesla. Well, that was one of my ideas. <laughs> but then I was thinking that's a little that's possibly a little too pointed. And then I was like, and then I came up with this one because it is kind of a classic super cr- local guys who've driven by the tesla powering <laughs> charging stations at sugarbush right no my 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 new hot one is super local you should have been here yesterday <laughs> oh well that could go with, along the lines of you know <laughs> yeah. that whole concept of oh it was way cooler before you, you know, exactly before that's you that's here. the crusty local thing yeah yeah, yeah. crusty local super We're local not- it was so much better like five years ago. <laughs> Super local number five. Here we are. We're here. Yeah. Oh, you turned it on. I did. We're recording. <laughs> That's right. We can Good. cut. We can cut it out later. Uh, yeah, I'm getting better at the editing. Okay. Just making it pretty fun. But uh, but we have Josh Schwartz here. We're going to do some talking about a bunch of different stuff about uh, beer tourism, about music, about Neutral Milk Hotel. Are you going to catch them this spring? Uh, I wish. Yeah. Are you familiar with Neutral Milk Hotel? I am familiar with them. You are? Mm-hmm. I'm so old. It's one of the wildest names in, in yeah. rock and roll history. Yeah. It's, yeah. And they've been around for a very long time. Really? I mean, well, almost 30 years. So I had 20, 20 some odd years. Neutral Milk Neutral Hotel. Neutral Milk Hotel and Mott the Hoople, probably. Mott the Hoople, I've heard. Rival in Stranger Spanish. <laughs> right? I could be. I could be. Nice <laughs> we, we can have another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so okay, this is the part where we gotta remember what we're talking about. So the, the topic of the day is beer tourism, and you know I wanted to bring it up because we actually got some fan mail uh, where people didn't no, know we did we did well we had a, right. well when we sent out the, some early copies and somebody didn't know what stand in line beers meant right uh, right and that was mm-hmm. that was where I thought well, we should really actually dig a little bit deeper into that. It's more than just, um, it's more than just the VG, and it's more than just, you know, the, the, the heady topper thing. There's there's quite a bit of it. It's know. big biz. It gets written up in the Times, and my aunt sends me articles from the Washington Post about <laughs> how all these guys stand in line and ride on buses, and it's it's a it's a real deal. Yeah, and it's funny. Actually, Vermont. I saw the what is it? The Vermont Beer Shepherd is yeah. the beer tours bus. And I met, I feel like I met that person somewhere, maybe at the Lawson's Grand Opening or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that is, is that a, have you done that, Josh? Well, so, so there's the Vermont Bed and Brew Tour, which was the one, um, a tour bus started by the chamber here in the Valley um, a, a bunch of years ago. And actually, um, there's a person working 
for that organization at the time had this sort of idea. And then I ended up in a conversation talking about friends that were coming to visit me. And by the way, I've got a list of where we go. And that turned into like helping sketch together what that tour ends up being. And I went on a couple of those buses and it's really fun. Is that different from the chicken wing tour that they do on the Django bus? It (laughs) <laughs> do tell I, the chicken wing I've tour. never been invited on the chicken lay wing lay it tour, out man I know that uh, I know that uh, some of the young people in the valley have done an annual chicken wing tour of the valley where they just use the Django bus to go bar to bar and have chicken wings and have and a very silly chicken time. wings and other things and other things yeah. yes I'm sure yeah. yeah. so this is a little bit more the, the bed and brew tour is like people get a package where they stay uh, at, a, at a lodging place in the valley and right. then it includes this day long or this multiple hour trip. Oh, um, awesome. And so it was a, a package. You, you, you get a tour, you get two nights in, in your lodging. The bus picks folks up and then uh, essentially goes north um, up through Waterbury, um, up to Stowe, um, and stops all the way in a bunch of different places. Is, and, it, is it year round? Uh, so they were mostly doing it, uh, there was like a handful of times, mostly n- during like non peak time. So spring yeah. and more. Um, and more, more, you know, stick season time period. But, yeah. but it's really fun because you get people from all over who are super excited about beer. And there's usually a stop at the VG where people buy cases. Yeah. And then we, you know, I, stopping at all the hot spots in Waterbury and making. Well, and what, so, what are the stops? Uh, so the one that I did it changed a, a couple of times. Uh, at that time, um, the Alchemist was actually closed. The last time I did it, so we went to the Reservoir. Um, and Jen Kimmich was actually there. She met us and we talked about the beer, um, which was really great for people to meet Jen, Jen yeah. and John um, of The Alchemist. And then um, Idle Time, Rock Art, um, what's the one in uh, the other one in Morris, in the one in Morrisville? I'm forgetting the name of the Heaven Mosaic. Oh, Lost Zero Nation. Gr- Lost Nation. Lost Nation. Lost Nation. Um, there's another stop or two. So there's, there's, so there's a couple beer loops that you can do, right? I yeah, mean, I suppose I mean, that that's kind of how that goes. And well, then there's the whole Burlington thing. E- exactly. Right? That one never went to Burlington, and I've done so. I've had like friends who come into town from all over the country for a bachelor party, and I set up like what we were going to do in Burlington. We did like a way too many stop tour in Burlington. <laughs> um, but right. and and uh, and I've been doing a, a specific beer tour for almost 11 years now in Montreal that I do every year with, with some friends. Um, and I've got like a whole sort of schedule that, that we end up schedule. We have, <laughs> we have places we go, uh, and mostly red pixie bikes and go to places for over two days. Um, and so speaking of which, we can talk about great, this later. Man. We're in Pennsylvania. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're but in, you just, uh, I mean, it's a slight departure, but did you do a beer tour on the bachelor party in Southern California you did recently? Um, no, because I, <laughs> there, 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 we didn't end up really doing a beer thing as, as a, I did go to this bachelor party. Unfortunately, uh, 20 minutes from landing in LA, I ended up with a kidney stone. Um, and I was actually two weeks <laughs> Two weeks to that day prior, no, actually eight days prior, I had a kidney stone removed on my one side of my body. And then uh, eight days later, I ended up there in LA with another kidney stone, the other, other kidney on the other side of my body. Life, so life I was not, right I there. was not like the be- in the best of places. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and I ended cool. up in the Good Samaritan Hospital in downtown LA and within 30 minutes later, then waited for a good two hours to make my way in to be seen. 
I was pretty miserable. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, like so I didn't. I didn't. So no, 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 no drinking tour. That I mean, yeah. I did like with oxycotton in my body and other things. I was like, you toured your own mind with and body. Yeah, and I and I ended up playing a little basketball in West Hollywood in this weird like place in my head with a checkup game. It was fun, but um, yeah, and and slept in Venice Beach. So yeah. that was kind of the, so you were the homeless guy. Yeah, yeah pretty awesome. much. That's great. Yeah, there's a lot to compete with there. But. Yeah. All right. So back to the beer. So the beer tourism thing. Like you know, you and I had, had a conversation years ago about like a possible reality show, right? Yeah. About because it was it was sort of on the ramp up that people were driving from Ohio to Vermont just to get the beers and and taking them back, stashing them in their fridge and then trading, you yeah. know, because it was I mean some might sell right. them on eBay, but what they really wanted kind of trade up, you know, I'll trade you one heady topper for two of whatever you've got, or whatever, something like that. So, and you've got a, a beer fridge of your own, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, and well, and, and the idea, I think, what was the name we ended up coming up with? Hop Hoarders? Or Hop something? Hoarders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but... Um, that's about as far as I got. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's the extent of the idea. But I, what we ended up, uh, yeah, there was a time where I actually had about, I had six or seven trades happening nationwide at once beer trades beer trades so sending them via the mail not u.s postal service but um a legal a legal mail service yeah we, we, will we, not be named well sold <laughs> we sent a lot of yeast samples because you have to say what it is and that's <laughs> what i sent yeah. other people sent me you know homemade lava lamps that was a weird one <laughs> that makes somebody want to open up getting a package but yeah. but yeah and i had trades going in you know chicago uh, Seattle, San Diego, Phoenix, Asheville, North Carolina, um, uh, all sorts of places at once. But I realized that most people were hitting up better than I was. You know, yeah. I mean, it was, it's fun to like try different beers yeah. and get things you couldn't get, especially yeah. whatever, five, six, seven years ago. Now, a lot, the, the distribution of beer is, is much broader. We can get more things than we used to be able to get. And other places can get more of them as well. But at the time, everybody wanted to trade with you. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I would go to like a work conference in Baltimore, met a guy who lives in San Diego, and he was like, "Wait, what, Vermont?" Yeah, and like, I'll send you some Russian River, Planet of the Elder, if you can send me. And we ended up setting up this whole thing. Right. So yeah, I happened to be in the location, and you know, we would do ounce for ounce trades. Uh, so not you know, like I'd send four six packs, and they would send the same back. You can only send so many before it gets too so expensive. To <laughs> yeah. Send. And then you're and then you're paying four hundred dollars for a twelve, right. and it's just not yeah. not working. But you know, Henny Topper was the primary thing that people were after, right? Um, and they still are, which yeah. is an amazing thing, which is great. I think it's awesome. It's the name that is bringing people in. No and I should it. say, I came bearing gifts. Okay, like I, you know, <laughs> that was part of the plan. Yeah, well, I, I assume, yeah, I yeah. assume <laughs> that was part of your plan, right? I got three things. Okay. Three of us. I have yeah. a gift for you later in the show. We'll get to that. Fantastic. I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna start with kind of the biggest, baddest thing I have. Um, have you guys had the pow pow? I've not had the pow pow. No. What? No, no, so no, so no. the pow pow is a collaboration that Lawson's did with Trillium. Trillium's in Camp Mass, and also say, Trillium sounds like um, the thing that Superman had to avoid. <laughs> Kryptonite? Kryptonite. Trillium. But it sounds like it. It's just right? a Star Trek episode. Trillium. Yeah. Uh, like, trouble, trouble, trouble with Tribbles? Yes. Yeah. Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah. That would be a great name for a beer. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
That is a that is a good one. So <laughs> so Pow Pow is a double IPA. It's brewed with lupulin powder, um, which also is from a Star Trek episode. <laughs> very easily. Yeah. Um, so it's super like it, it. This is my favorite beer. And the last, so this came out two years ago or so. So it's a collaboration brew. Yeah. Um, and uh, and <laughs> there was one release, and that was it. And then, kind of surprise, it happened again just recently. And so, where where did you get it? I got this at the Matter of Taste Place. Oh, you did. And they, I think they got like just a case. Um, and and they uh, were selling it by singles. No, they were doing my four packs. Yeah. So this is the last of what I have for my four pack. Wait, the Mad River Taste Place is selling beer. Yeah, that is good info. Yeah, they've got they got. Brilliant Beer Company. They've got um, all sorts of great stuff there. That's fantastic. So, great. The, se- so the second thing I have mm-hmm. is uh, so the California trip was the first time that I just came back from that I've actually taken a trip that I haven't had beer in my suitcase in probably eight years. Right. Like I always like travel with, and it's great to have Hetty Toppers. The to, you know yeah. being in a bar. It's a it's a door opener. It's a door opener. Yeah. I mean, I've had people buy me drinks for the rest of the night because I gave them one can like. Sure. Sometimes yes. it's awkward to go to a bar with a beer in your pocket, but it usually works. Yeah. Um, but when I was down in, in Atlanta um, this past uh, Thanksgiving time, um, this is uh, Jekyll Brewing. This is their uh, Jekyll Brewing's Tart Vice, so it's a raspberry tart ale. It's a hef- it's a Hefeweizen, um, and so I don't know if you like weird sort of raspberry things. This is pretty good. But the best thing is that the Drink by date is tomorrow, so, <laughs> so that's the first Saint Patrick's Day. Yeah, exactly. It's a Saint Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's been a, a lot of these sort of raspberry, like like this style, like specifically in the South. They're, they're great day beers. Talk about a golf course beer. Oh yeah, those things are awesome. And I've had some great ones out of Alabama and other places like that. They just like I. It's a session ale. Well, it's not a day beer. Just wanted to be clear about that. Well, I, I traded to some guy in Birmingham, Alabama. I was actually in Birmingham on my way to the beach a couple years ago, and I brought a bunch of beers and just ended up at the beer <coughs> store, talked to the guy. He asked where I was from. I told him, I was like, I got a bunch of beer. He's like, sweet, I'll, I'll hook you up with anything you want. So we did this trade, and then that's where I had my first sort of raspberry tart Hefeweizen, and the yeah. guy was like, um, and, and he was like, you're going to the beach? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you need to have this. He was like, this is Super crushable it does all day long. Sound great for like the beach yeah. and the hot weather. Yeah. So like down there, like it's a it's a good thing. So as last... much as I'm always weird about fruit and beer, yeah, thing. Well, probably because it's been done poorly for like oh, it's forever. Number nine, and apricots in your brain, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, and totally. yeah, and these are these are different. So and there's like a long trail blackberry or something like yeah. that. Yeah, oh, which is like a half step from Robitussin, but it's just. It's <laughs> not, it's not anything. You want to go like, roving, dude? Yeah, yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah. We were talking about that at the office the other day. Somebody, one of my guys, was talking about uh, a recipe that he saw for a cherry pie made with uh, uh, cherry NyQuil. <laughs> Which, anyway, that's a whole nother. We could try that. That's like that. sipping on some scissor. Yeah. yeah. Scissor. Yes. Yeah. Sounds delicious. All right, what's that last one? So the last one is from Against the Grain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and that Against the Grain is known for pushing the limits so specifically where with, is against the grain from they are somewhere in the midwest they are i can't read because my eyes aren't working um <laughs> so, but, but but somewhere in the in the midwest and i can't remember exactly where and like uh, michigan midwest uh, no sorry louisville kentucky not the midwest they're from louisville yeah. but it's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Close exactly enough. so kentucky the, like, the northern deep south yes <laughs> yeah okay so against the grain this is uh london balling 
They have, they, have, <laughs> they do. It seemed it seemed appropriate. And they have one called the Brown Note. Ugh. They, <laughs> you can read what that says on the side. Says, just the I like this beer already, man. That's great. It is hard to read. I can read it if you need, but balls deep, big. What does that say? It's it's like it's like the dark red type on the light red label. I mean, if you're, if you're going with barmy and barrel aged it looks delicious. it's a barrel aged i think it's a barrel aged barley wine maybe um and it's got the punk rocker on the front dude that is amazing so so these that one actually did get a trade from somebody from uh from chicago but um and i've been sitting so are all the that. people that you trade with people that you've met or are you are you doing any anonymous trading some of them are anonymous trading they've all turned into knowing people um, I mean, I've met people through Facebook groups and someone asking, hey, can they get something? And then we did some trades. And then one guy in particular is from like Omaha. And then he ended up here with a bunch of buddies on a big trip. Um, and uh, and then we traded them in person. So I've met everyone I've traded with. Most were people that I knew or people that I ended up meeting one way or another. And did anybody ever offer you like a Bitcoin for, for heavy copper back in the day? It might have actually been. I mean, back in the day, you might have pulled yeah. it off. I don't know. Let's stay out of the cryptocurrency. I saw this great graph that was like charting. It was a, it was one of those kind of graphs that charted two things. It had the value of Bitcoin, which was up and down and kind of going down. And then it had the value of a slice of pizza, <laughs> which was steady through that whole time. That's a great comparison. <laughs> I hear Bitcoin is only up at the moment. Uh, let's see what well, it's been sliding since like December. Oh, geez. And now, the, and now the government wants a piece of it, too, which is really... That was just announced today, and it dropped like 600. Yeah. Oh, yeah. then I have really bad information. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and, and since I have a son who's been mining Bitcoin, um, I'm a little concerned about what the federal government's doing. So we'll see. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, anyway, it's a whole other thing. That is a whole, that's a whole other thing. All right, so before we talk about the fizzy lemonade update, what's, uh, how big is your beer fridge and how many beers are in it? Well, it's... You have a specific beer fridge? Yes, I do. Uh, it's actually, half of it right now is filled with kegs of lemonade, um, which is part of an, an issue. And second, I actually stopped drinking beer for two months. Oh, because your kidney stone. Yeah, well, and a little bit before that, and then the kidney stone happened, and so I had two months of not drinking beer. And uh, so I have still great IPAs that are spoiling in my fridge uh, that I, I had oh, since geez. December and November. I feel like a, having a drink-by date that's the day before St. Patty's Day is... <laughs> Kind of a beer industry joke. It just stayed at St. Patty's Day. Like, you know, it's just like, it'll get sold. Yeah, you're probably on to something. But, uh, um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I've got, I, I've, I'm sort of cellaring, aging a bunch of dark beers. Um, the, uh, I've got two shelves of that. I don't know how many bottles that is, but but, but a good amount. Yeah. Um, and, but the, you know, IPAs you should drink quickly, right? You know, yeah. The fresh, fresh right. IPAs. And double IPAs, you know, the, the flavor changes. At least I like them fresh. Right. Not everyone does. You know, people like five to six weeks or whatever. And, and uh, but, but I've got my preference. So what ends up happening is that you end up buying beer quick. I end up buying beer quicker than I end up drinking it sometimes. And more recently, that, that's what's been going on. So. Yeah. And are you brewing too? So, well, we'll let us the parlay if you want to talk yeah, about the yeah. fizzy thing. So I used to brew. Okay. Um, so I got into brewing a bunch of years ago. And um, home brewing and tried, you know, small batches. And then it, um, it was actually somebody who left the valley who was selling a bunch of uh, corny kegs, Cornelius kegs. And so I switched from bottling to kegging. Okay. Uh, and then you, you start getting into kegging, and I did that for a couple of years. 
And the pro- the thing about kegging is that you end up making a five, five gallons, so you better <laughs> like it. Um, uh, and especially making an IPA, you better like it because you're drinking it fast or have a lot of friends who also like your beer and are not drinking it just because they're yeah. being kind to you. Um, so uh, so I, I moved to kegging, and then um, a year or so later, uh, there was a kid's farmer's market. My son at the time was seven. Mm-hmm. Kid's farmer's market in East Warren. Uh, the East Warren Community Market. So okay. I had this kids' farmers market, and my son was like, "Hey, Dad, I want to make something for this kids' farmers market." And so, this was probably like, well, how old was he? He was seven. He was seven. Right? Yeah. So he was in uh, starting. He was like grade. a junior in high school. No, he was seven. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. and and he's always been a really industrious uh, being. And uh, and and it's like four weeks out. And he's like, "Dad, I want to make something." And I was like, "Okay, great. What do you want to make?" And he's like, "I'd like to make lemonade." Makes sense, right? Kids sure. like making lemonade. Yeah. I was like, sure, that sounds awesome. And then he was like, he thought for a second, he was like, yeah, but other kids are going to make lemonade. And I was like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you'll probably have competition. And so I asked the question, how can you make your lemonade different? And he thought for a while and came back to me and he said, legal marijuana. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he, he didn't. He was seven. Uh, that's more like nine. But, uh, <laughs> So he, uh, so so he thought about it, and I joked about like trying to put weird stuff in kegs and carbonate it. Like I've been wanting to carbonate milk, like all these weird things, okay. and yeah. just like you know, uh, force carbonate different products. Uh, and he said, "What if I?" This is his idea. What if I put lemonade in one of your kegs and carbonate it? How do you think that would taste? I was like, "I have no idea. Let's try it." So we did. So we made lemonade. At that point, it was just like a mix of lemonade. Um, five gallons, put it in a keg, force carved it. Didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no one online, that, no one doing this. Like we looked at like people making sodas was like the closest thing. And uh, and there was actually a frisbee tournament happening, and that was the right. first time we tried it. We were like, hey, we these jokers can be our test batch. So uh, so we brought it to this uh, right. event, and uh, and it tasted pretty good. Uh, and then he had to do that farmers market and, and put some um, blackberry puree and had like blackberry lemonade, fizzy lemonade. Uh, his very first sign says Noah's Fizzy Lemonade, and the second Z is backwards. It's very Little Rascals. Yeah. It's like a, t- a dorm right. for a seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so that was the beginning of it. And since then, it's grown and grown. But, um, but I haven't brewed beer since then because he took over all my He took all the stuff. Yeah, yeah so yeah. right now we've got 12 kegs, um, and we cycle them through the season. Um, he's got <coughs> a bunch of different accounts. And, but the best part of it is that this past year um, – we did a collaboration with his lemonade, and right now it, it is a. Um, it went from a powder to a couple of years later being. Uh, we squeeze lemons. We use maple syrup, so it's watery um, lemons that we squeeze in maple syrup and then carbonate. That's the whole whole. Those are the ingredients, and uh, and it's gotten pretty big, and it's in a bunch of different places. We do events, but he collaborated this past year with Good Measure Brewing over in Northfield, mm-hmm. and we did, did a shandy with them this past year. We did a hundred gallon shandy batch. Called fizzy, F I Z Z Y exclamation point. And it was this is amazing. <laughs> and, and the and and, and so yeah. here I was last summer at um, they had it at Matter River Glen at General Starks Pub. They had it at um, Flatbread, right? Flatbread, and they had it at um, the pizza shop uh, Bluestone. Yeah. And here I was at Bluestone drinking the shandy that my son made, being like. Paying, it's full. It's full circle. Nine bucks for it. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but full yeah. circle, right? Like, like this started with me making beer. He took over my beer making, and now the lemonades turn into beer again. Yeah. 
I am and then I'm see a happy dad. clips from where you got to with with brewing beer. Oh, like, of course. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. of course. And then it that's was all, the cycle of life, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was also great working with the guys over at Good Measure because they're pros. And it was the first time that we had like worked on a product and didn't finish it. Like we didn't actually carbonate. We made the lemonade, gave it to them. They blended it um, with their cream ale, and they came up with this product. Right. And they did all the other work. We just made the lemonade and delivered 50 gallons and, right. and, and, and buckets of them. So, um, And they want to do it again this year. So it looks like, and they've started canning line. So we will see what happens this year. Oh, so that could be the entry to canning, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, might, um, we, we might be moving into something bigger this year. So the lemonade's been through that. We did a collaboration with Mad River Distillers. They had it on draft at uh, their tasting place in Burlington this past year. <laughs> so great. Um, <laughs> it's been on the Big E. The American Flatbread sells at the Big E for the last four or five years out in, in um, West Springfield. Um, you know, it's been kind of a good growing thing. And is it, um, I mean, not to get right to it, but are you making money? Or is Noah making money, rather? Yeah, I mean, we've been very... I mean, his overhead is really low. Yeah. He's doing it in the house. You know, he's got you working for him. Exactly. Like, like he doesn't really, you know, lemons and maple syrup, right? right? Those mean, are two of the most expensive things you're going to I'm thinking about maple syrup. I'm like, hey. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And, and, and we buy it from Easty Long up here in Faison. Okay. Yeah, and go up to Easty and buy the gallons there. And, yeah. You know, and we're buying like six gallons, seven gallons at a time. Like, that's a lot of maple syrup. Yeah. Um, and we're buying cases and cases <laughs> of lemons. Um, those are the costs. Um, Where in Vermont are they growing the lemons? <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately. Sorry. Are they... <laughs> if we can make that connection. Hard shorts, hard shorts, exactly. Yeah, those greenhouses. Yeah. yeah. Purple greenhouses. That's what's in the greenhouse. That's what's in the lemons with lemonade. <laughs> but it's uh, you know, is it making money? Uh, it we we've ca- been really methodical through the process to make sure that we're calculating everything we're doing, we're treating it like a business, and right. uh, you know set up an LLC, like doing everything correct, yeah, uh, yeah. to know what it's like, and uh, you know making T-shirts and swag, you know, um, and and didn't you guys go to a, a a venture capital competition at one point? Yeah, he won. Yeah, uh, who was that with? Was Fresh Tracks Capital. Capital was Fresh Tracks. Fresh Tracks Capital, the largest, I think, private. Um, equity firm in the in the state and they did this maker pitch in 2015 and Noah pitched against seven adults and he was the hands down unanimous winner. He like <laughs> killed it. And I was I was sitting there as a dad being like moments beforehand, I, I'm like, oh God, I'm a pageant mom. Like I pushed my, push my kid too far. Like he's really nervous and like he forgot what he was going to say. He goes up there and he just slayed it. Uh, and the best thing is, he'll imagine these parent, these adults that that got beat up. I am. <laughs> and he was, God damn it! He was Hate that kid. He was, I know, right? <laughs> he was. He was. He was eleven. Um, yeah. So, uh, and yeah. he just he, he slayed. And and it was really fun because you know Fresh Tracks. Uh, that that's the motorcycle road pitch. So you get these essentially group of mostly men on motorcycles who like driving Harleys into the place where we're doing the presentation. Like, it's as intimidating as possible. And they're all in the front row, and he's up there doing the presentation. And they had the whole thing set up for a PowerPoint presentation. This is, I think, why he won. They had it set up for a PowerPoint presentation. And what do adults do when they present stuff? They totally rely on the PowerPoint. Yeah, 100%. Right? Right. You rely on your right. notes yeah. when you're going to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I told him, you know, we ended up, I, I told him, I was like, don't, don't do a PowerPoint. Any presentation he ever did in his life, the biggest one before that was on Abraham Lincoln in the whatever fifth grade. So here he was like doing a a big presentation and I was like, let's do it. You know, we'll just have slideshow behind you and then you you talk your points. He's like, okay. Yeah, Yeah, when he practiced, he was awful. But, um, but 
but uh, it ended up being in his courtyard. It was at Shelburne um, uh, Farms at the coach barn. And it was in the courtyard area. And the sun and wind made it impossible for the projector screen to work. Oh, so at the perfect. last minute, they ditched it. Yeah. And so here, <laughs> so you were left to your right. own devices. And right. he had next to him a keg, one of the tap handles that we we, um, we made tap we made tap handles with the lemon on the top, um, and one bottle of lemonade. Uh, and that's all he, those were his props. And, uh, and so he talked without a presentation and all the adults were like, oh, well, on my slide six, oh wait, it's not behind me. Like they just, they were flustered. Uh, and he wasn't because he just had what he had. And then at the end he said, he was like, I only have one bottle of lemonade. Um, uh, and, and he opens it up and pours it into a glass and it was like, and this taste is for the person with the first question. And every hand like, <laughs> goes up. Like he did that on his own. Wow. And every hand went up. And Amazing. They passed it around and they, um, yeah, made all sorts of great connections. So, um, so to answer your question about yeah, you know, making money, not making money, uh, it, it it works enough to essentially employ two people at um, at fifteen dollars an hour to do all the work. Well, there you go. And 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 then it's zero at the end, which is great. It's all brand equity. Yes. Right. And we've had a lot of conversations about brand equity. I bet you have. What, what that yeah. means. And what are like 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 goals for the the company? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, we've like been it's a great question. on the radio. I'm yeah. Sorry. Right. And. Uh, we, we've had, you know, people have asked him, like, do you want to be the Lemonade King and stuff right, like that? Right. And he's more like, air quotes. more air quotes. Yeah. Um, we we have King. to have, like, a sound effect for air quotes. <laughs> Ching! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need a cough button and an air quote. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and the main thing is he just likes to make stuff. And, uh, you know, Lemonade down the line, like, it's a vehicle. Pretty much the money he makes, he, he puts into other projects that he makes. So from woodworking things to we've made a homemade forge for knife making uh we, we made knives we gotta meet your kids uh, someday man. like uh, what there there was a, there was the whole crazy thing on the back of the future day where we made our own hoverboard yeah and then met a guy who makes delorean time machines and then anyway that turned into a whole thing but um but essentially he he makes his own projects and the lemonade fuels those other projects and so it's more about like understanding the connection and if you want something you gotta work for it and having a way to do that. But it's turned into something of being able to speak in, in front in public. You know, we we will be at the Warren Fourth of July again this year. We're gonna be at Waking Windows Music Festival again this year. A bunch of different What's events. What's the one that you go to down in Massachusetts? The That's the biggie. The, the, biggie. the Eastern States Exposition, which right. is one point eight million people yeah. over two and a half weeks. Um, and so there's all these different events that we yeah. And, and so it's turned into something that's, you know, learning experience and, and knowing how things work and, and having drive. And at this point, longevity, because he's turning 14 this year. So um, it's been a, a long haul. So anyway, that's what happened. That's right. what happened to my home brewing. It got <laughs> okay. Over. It's over. Yeah. yeah. Your son took over the equipment and that was that. Yeah. Okay. So before we shift topics here, I'm going to just remind you that... Uh, Today's episode is actually brought to us by the sweet spot. So, well, first, before you get to your ad, yeah. this is a this it's is not a big day. We have well, it's, I mean, sort of it is an ad. It's a sponsorship uh, yeah. message, right? Yeah, it's a message. message yeah, uh, it's our first in studio guest. It is, yeah. And our, wait, our, wait, here's the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> and it's our first sponsorship message. So I that's know. great. It's great, you know. And the sweet spot is really. It's, I hear, you know, the sweet spot is Mad River Valley's only riverside coffee shop and bakery. Yeah. Built on a foundation of locally sourced dairy and eggs, organic flour, and organic sugar. They're also the proud brewer of Awake Coffee, a small batch locally hand-roasted Vermont brew. It's great. 
The Sweet Spot grows many of the berries and herbs in their recipes and buys and trades with local farmers for other fruit, yep. vegetables, yep. and herbs. Great. And maple syrup. Woo! And uh, just, you know, in general, the Sweet Spot is your spot for fine coffee, delicious baked goods, catering, and a monthly dinner. Did you know they're doing that? They're doing no idea. monthly dinner where uh, you you show up and it has food, cocktails, and music. Um and this one, the next one coming up is an Indian dinner, and it sells out. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not able to go, so they might have a couple extra spots. But you can see the latest at uh, www.thesweetspotvermont.com. And they're also uh, now taking applications for Roundup exhibitors and bands. I, I just signed myself up to, to play at Roundup. So. Oh, fantastic. How many of those are you going to do? Um, which, what do we, which one is this? The Pow Pow? The Pow Pow. Okay, we're going to taste the pow pow. It, it's starting a little bit out of the gate. That's all right. It's delicious. It's, yeah, it's quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. I like the can, too, the pow pow. Yeah. I like the... What's the, the powder in it? It's the lupulin. lupulin powder. So, I might be completely wrong, but with my understanding of lupulin powder, um, based on my days of harvesting... Hops, which actually started with the hop vines. Hop bush right down here. Right down here. That yeah. was that was the first time I collected Right hops. here on the, on the walk from my office over to the sweet spot is this gigantic hop bush. And I came out there one day, and I think I saw you out there with just plucking the little hop nuts off of it. And, um, and, then, I re- and then I started to notice how it just... It's exploding with hops. Yeah, in like early August, like, or sometime in August, it... it, it yeah, you can see them and you can smell them. So yeah. when you look at a hop when it's when it's fresh like that, it always has this sort of yellow powder. Yeah, um, and that's the lupulin, is my understanding. And it and it and and there's a lot of um, there's all sorts of ways of, to try to extract the freshness of hops versus having pellets and and the smell and taste are different. And I think they chirogenic. What's that word? Chirogenic. Chirogenic? Who are you asking? I don't know. Someone. Anyway, <laughs> there's a whole process where they capture that yeah. um, and include it in the, in the hop, yeah. uh, in the beer itself. It's so lovely. it's supposed to give you more of the floral notes. And have you done? Have you? Do you ever drive over to Bristol and see what I call the tr- the pole farm on the right? Yeah. Is that a hop farm? It is. Yeah. It is. And Vermont was the uh, historically was the second largest um, hop producer in the country. Like we're talking like eighteen back in seventies, sixties or so after New York, huh. uh, and the lineage of the Cascade and all those other hops are actually all tied to Vermont. Um, and there's a guy who essentially brought them to to San Francisco, um, but they all have a lineage to Vermont. So the Vermont and the and also I believe it was the second largest cash crop in the state of Vermont over like a six or eight year period. Um, and so when I went to someone's dissertation about hop say, farming in Vermont. This is like yeah. a, a lot of information about hops from 1872. <laughs> well, well, and so so deep, man, yeah. deep. Well, yeah. and it's really interesting to, that that there was such a, a prevalent cash crop on the um, in the landscape. Yeah, that you can't even see anymore, right? Right. Like something that was so right. important for a fairly short period of time, but was so important for the state that that you don't see, and and so that they're. The way that they harvest um, and dried the hops is they made these um, hop houses, um, and there were barns where on the top floor they have the hops, and below, um, and in the basement area, they'd make a fire, and the fire would come through, and it would dry out the hops. And it's also where the whole sock hop history comes from, because people out in the hop fields 
um, collecting together what? and putting them in the uh, in these hop houses. And I believe there's only three foundations of those left in the state. Um, but there were hundreds of them because everybody was hop, hops were happening. Whoa! And then it, it died for a variety of reasons. Prohibition being one, right. um, you know, a, a, a season or two where they, where it was wet and there was mold and well, there's also uh, like the off. regrowing of Vermont too, right? So I mean, if you're talking late 1800s, everything was sh- was cut down and it was all sheep. Like you yeah. look at the photos. I mean, I've seen the photos of the mountains from here to Bristol, and there's not a tree in sight. Isn't that amazing? It yeah, is amazing. I remember seeing like like old photos of Montpelier, and it was just like yeah, there was just, just nothing. It was a village. Yeah, a couple stone walls. You know? I think they say that it was 80% open, 20% forested. Now yeah. we are 80% forested, 20% That's open. shocking. Isn't yeah. it? it's, it's crazy. A, it's amazing. And they don't really know what's going on in there. <laughs> That's the part right, that I really enjoy. You talk to the foresters, and you talk to the wildlife guys, and they have a pretty good idea, but to a certain extent, I mean, this is a big experiment, right? I mean, anyway, we're kind of getting off topic. Well, apparently, and I've heard from numerous people that they have found hops, wild hops in the woods. Yeah. Um, and some of them are, are, are still there. I've never had that. I mean, for instance, so. this hop bush outside the office, I don't think those people know that that's a hop bush. I don't think they care. It's just a bush that's a visual screen that's blocking the courtyard, you know? I actually got permission to pick from them oh, and did? then delivered beer to them as a thank you. You are such a nice. That's very that's great. Well, I was honored to be able to <laughs> use some fresh hops. Yeah. I can kind of imagine, like, you know, brewing in Vermont over the last hundred years. It kind of takes this, probably this trajectory of prohibition, it all kind of goes wrong. Yeah. And then afterwards, it all, beer gets commercialized, right? Right. And all the lo- local brewers, much like any kind of Food producer, beer producer, or alcohol producer, they all kind of disappear. Well, it's kind of, you know, the, the, the thing about Vermont's agricultural, you know, diversity is that we're not a great place for Budweiser to grow exactly the same type yeah. of hops. Right. Because we don't have millions and millions of acres on the same soil with the same explosion and all that stuff. Or their rice. Or their rice. Or whatever. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but what we do have are all sorts of weird little things that create all sorts of unique flavors and, you know, you yeah. know small small operations, I'm sure, are the... Are the could take off anyway. I know there's, I mean, there were people growing hops here more commercially. Like, wasn't Daryl trying to grow some? Or So Daryl, that, Daryl started, that was a collaboration with me. Yeah. Uh, where Daryl and I were in the, the Irishville Country Store one day and we yeah. started just talking and, and he was like, oh, you're, you're into brewing beer? Well, tell me about hops. Yeah. And, and he ended up growing and, and I was harvesting and making beer and, um, Again, I have been doing brewing, brewing in a while, but uh, but you've been thinking about it clearly, of course. <laughs> um, and and uh, ag extension at the state, um, UVM ag extension um, at U- at the university, they have been doing a lot on the um, on, on supporting the hop industry. And yeah. there's a fair amount of growth. That's and what about so back to the original question of the beer tourism? I know you had thought about wouldn't it be great if we had some data on how much of the Mad River Valley tourist traffic are people coming to buy beer? Is there? Did you ever hone in on that, or I haven't. I mean, there hasn't been a specific search for that um, that I um, that I've done, or or any others that I know of. But you know, it is a big part of the portfolio, and I mean, there is there are numbers at the statewide level, and it's astonishing. Yeah. Um, and there there's already a fair amount of activity happening here. There will be more so. What do you think, like year. beer tourism, like visits? Um, visits per year compares to like the ski industry oh 
we certainly have, we have really great data on the ski industry. You know, sure. I know that nationwide, you know. I mean, if you're just to, to take a guess, I, it's definitely less. But oh, certainly. Um, certainly. Uh, however, <laughs> however, it's 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 an integrated thing too because, you know, one of the things that I've seen there was a great article in Ski Magazine uh, this spring uh, about uh, called Thirsty Little State, uh, yeah. and it was all about uh, it was written right. by Joe Cutts out of Burlington. He wrote about you know. Vermont as this great beer state, and you know it listed some of the various venues here, including the Castle Rock Pub up at Sugarbush, as having the best beer list of any ski industry bar. You know, and and so they're 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 mashing up beer and, but that wasn't Sugarbush saying that. That was that was Ski Magazine saying that. You know, and and yeah. uh, and those are, you know, you know, it starts to become a thing. Like, are you choosing a ski area in Vermont? Because of the skiing, or are you choosing it because of the beer and the food and the other things that go on? Well, it's the same thing with the wedding industry, right? right. With the wedding industry, I mean, Vermont's been known as a destination wedding location. Uh, we, I, don't know, I can't remember what the numbers are off the top of my head, but but they're big. But but yeah, I mean, we have like eighty to one hundred or so, well, more than that, um, weddings in the Matter of Valley annually. Um, and, wow, amazing! And I knew I knew it was big, but that's a lot. Yeah, it's 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 close to a hundred. Um, it's like eighty-five or something, but but it's a good number of weddings. Uh, and and my wife works in the wedding industry. She works in the floral side and the sort of setup piece. And I, the number of stories that I hear of pe- uh, people who are here here from everyone's here from California for the wedding, and I'm like, why are they here? And they're here for a variety of reasons, but they're they're here because it's a great destination location to get married. But what's ended up happening is that the beer scene, you know, so much of weddings are. You know, it's always been told that the wedding is about is about her, right? The wedding is her her big thing, her big day. It it it, it it's the it's the bride's thing. That that's what I grew up hearing as a kid, right? right. And that the She's beer paying for it. That that <laughs> that the uh, that the beer thing is a is a token to the group. Mm. That's what I've heard, and uh, and and so there's a big interest in hops being in the corsages. And beer themed pieces as a part of the Whoa. wedding, and 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 the amount of money that that I've seen, the amount of money that people are paying for hops for corsages, and of course they want them in like May where there's no hops to be found and they're spray painted um, lime green because they're an old one, um, is a lot of money. <laughs> and having hop trellises um, for the chuppa or um, or a trella chuppa chuppa carved from a single piece of wood, <laughs> um, or the, or a trellis, uh, yeah. there is. Uh, there's a whole uh, amazing thing about how beer has become a part of weddings, um, table displays, so on and so forth. Um, but my wife ends up finding again people from out of town who end up, you know, trying to trying to find all the groomsmen and like can't find two of them because they're on their fourth heavy topper before the <laughs> wedding, and it's like you need to realize what you're drinking, right? Because people so get excited folks, about it. Yeah, and these folks come in from out of state, and you're like, oh, this and is you know nine percent, yeah. and it's and it's a big boy. Yeah, right. Now, I mean. The reason why I brought this beer specifically from Atlanta is that, you know, that, that, that there is a, the, the scene, I was really impressed. I mean, I travel a fair amount and the beer scene in other places, I mean, in many ways have caught up to Vermont, in my right. opinion. Right. Um, and it was you know, way off the back for a while. It was, yeah. uh, but like th- this same brewery, Jekyll Brewing has this, uh, was it Juicy Juice? <clears throat> and it's like, it's very much a New England IPA. Yeah. Um, the... Tropicalia, which is uh, from a brewery in uh, um, in Athens, Georgia, um, there the scene in other places have really caught up. Yeah. So 
it's essentially people's tolerance for our eight and nine percent beers. Is, it, it's coming along. Yeah, you know. So two things. One, I'm actually a I'm a bigger fan of the hop themed weddings than I am of you know. A couple of years ago, I was talking to an editor from Brides Magazine, and I was asking her, you know, what are what are the big trends that she was seeing in weddings, and she said. Uh, medieval fantasy weddings, so with like elves and dwarves. Oh, it's like a and, Game of Thrones kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. huge. And and you know, it's you know, that's I, I like the hop themed wedding for sure. Um, I've heard of some like of those a, like weddings. a cosplay wedding. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. You know, and it's you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> oh uh, but then, and then the other Maybe. thing is that um, you know, talking about the beer scene catching up, it's also. And we were talking about this a little bit in our first, you know, best beers of the last 48 hours episode that you sort of have a, uh, you know, a centerpiece that sort of the halo beer that everything else sort of clusters around. And to a certain extent, you know, not that Hetty Topper is the greatest beer in the universe, although it was for a little while, everybody now has something that approaches that. And you and I were talking because I was down in Asheville Mm -hmm. and I went to, uh, what was it, Wicked Weed. And had their freak show? Is that uh, it? No, it's um, something like that. Yeah, freak. It's freak something of, freak of nature. I think it is freak show. It's freak something. But yes, something. but but it, but, it's, but their, I, it's their take on the Hetty Topper. And I had a sip of it. I was like, oh, it tastes exactly like Hetty Topper. And then I talked to you. You're like, yeah, that you chatted with somebody down. There. I, I chatted with a brewer about it. Yeah, and he and uh, it does one of those times I had a Hetty Topper in my pocket. Yeah. Uh, and I was at the brewery at Wicked Weed and we were talking. He was like, he was like, that's actually what I, so I drank a fresh <laughs> one of theirs next to the Hetty Topper with the brewer. Um, and uh, Hetty Topper was better. But, <laughs> but, 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 yeah. Not just because it came out of your pocket. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was a little warm and his was cold and fresh, but yeah. it still was better. Yeah. Um, so what is, there's a lot going on there. What is your, like, if you, if you were at the peak of your drinking game, is the pow pow is that your choice right now, or what what's on your like your hot list? Whew. I mean that definitely is. I'd really not just what you were willing to bring us. Yes, like what's <laughs> the stuff that you didn't bring us? The, the things that are hidden, all of those um, yeah. those bourbon counties and other other things I have in the fridge. Um, I, I mean I really am a huge fan of the stuff that Burlington Beer Company's been doing. Yeah, and they've been making really great beers. I mean, there's times where and there's so many, you know, foam, the trouble with your IPA. Is that one of theirs? <laughs> that is, right? It's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to listen to the pod and go, yes. <laughs> but what I also like, with, you know, there's a moment <clears throat> where I, that's why I brought different, a variety of beer, like the whole IPA, double IPA thing. Yeah. There's a moment where, where that becomes too much. And when is that moment? Well, so let me, t- <laughs> let me, let me tell you a story. <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This involved breaking. Let me spin thing? you a. Oh goodness, you bring you bring it up. I know. All I'm sorry. I want to. Got stories about that as well. But we uh, <laughs> fascinating. Man. So ahead. so a bunch of years ago, I was at the uh, Vermont Brewers Festival in Burlington, and I remember having uh, you know, trying a bunch of different beers, and there was a beer that I had that was a brewery from Quebec, uh, and it was a rye peppercorn, and a, wait a, a rye peppercorn. Like yeah, okay. and I remember having it and being like it was spicy and like really interesting and like complex. a spicy margarita. It was in a beer. Yeah, a little heavier than a margarita, it but it sounds yeah. like a great bread for a Reuben sandwich. Or yeah, something like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Anyway, go ahead. Katz's Deli. Yeah, yeah. You find it, and uh, and I remember having it, and I so I liked it so much. I it's the one beer I got in the line twice for, and then right when I was leaving, I went to the brewer 
the person who was who was the brewer who was also um, pouring it, I was like, man, I mean, I probably seemed like every drunk person there, but I was like, that beer was amazing. Like, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. So um, months and months go by, and partially because I was at a Brewers Fest, but I couldn't remember the na- the brewery. Um, and I knew it was from Quebec. I knew it had a Montreal connection. And so that was my first trip to Montreal was actually to find this beer. Um, and so I got some buddies I went to college with. We went up there, did an overnight. We tried all these breweries. We couldn't find it. The next year, we all tried all these different breweries. Couldn't find it. The third year, finally found it. Um, and it was actually uh, Duda Ciel is the, is the brewery yeah. in Montreal. They're incredible. Yeah. Um, and I'd been there the two previous years. It just wasn't. Available in the Valley. Was there. With some of it. Yeah. I've seen it at the VG. Yeah. Uh, on occasion, yeah. You, you can find it. Yeah. Um, there's actually, they're doing a special day at um, Three Penny Taproom soon with... Um, uh, Tesh Martel, but anyway, one of Duda Ciel's beers soon. And they, uh, so so I tried the beer, and when I was there, this was like 12 years ago, it, like, it's the first, honestly, it's the first place I had a double IPA, was mm-hmm. in Montreal. And the, the whole double IPA scene hadn't, the IPA, double IPA scene hadn't really grown, wasn't that big like 12 years ago. I mean, there were people that were doing it, right. but it right. wasn't the well, let's go back. So 12 years ago, what was an IPA that we were drinking? Like it was like it's funny. I feel like I feel like well, you know, I was living when I was living in Seattle in the '90s. You had like the Red Hook ESBs and and you had the whole West Coast style. Yeah, but they were IPA, s- but they were and you had the English and, and the English style IPAs. But yeah, there wasn't like it wasn't, a, the, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. And the first and it was like probably it, the West Coast was more similar to it, maybe because of the hops or something. Maybe. Right? But it was. I remember doing like Full Sail out there. Full Sail, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's one. But there was, yeah, there was like the English style IPA. But, but there were, was, a, I, but those were more syrupy. I, I feel like they weren't as well, fresh they, and they, for sure they weren't. I mean, they were they weren't as hot, really bitter. That's for sure. But they were either yeah. like, it was like the bitter side of the hoppiness, right? Yeah. And and so I, I tried it there, and and like I said, I go back to Montreal every year, and then I came back, and like two years later, it really started taking off here. That that scene. So a couple of years later, I go to uh, go to Montreal and. Uh, and I am having uh, farmhouse ales and um, these open fermentation um, right. Belgians and all these like really weird, funky yeah. beers. And sure enough, a couple years later, it starts taking off here. And what I realized that talking to a, 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 a brewer in, at a brew pub in Montreal is their importation tax is something like 40%. <laughs> so 45%, something insane like that. So their scene is completely separate. There's two hours away. But it's a completely separate scene. There's no Budweiser, even with Molson, but 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 uh, but they've been sort of in this bubble, brewing their own things, and uh, and then of course you know I realize the same thing starts going here with funky beers. And then the last time I was up there, two three years ago, their scene was about doing low ABV, really flavorful low ABV beers. Yeah. So like three and a half four percent, you know, that makes a session ales and such. Which I talked to a brewer about that, um, Fred of uh, Hoffenstar. My, one of my favorite brewers, breweries up there, and he was like, he was like, I can sell more beer because <laughs> people will drink more of it, yeah, um, more glasses of it. But it just, it's really, it takes a lot of skill to make a very flavorful beer with low alcohol, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard. And you look at Good Measure Brewing, and what are they making over there? They're making low ABV, um, uh, some funky type of beers, and hardly ever an IPA. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say to your question. There's a there there's some fun exciting things that are happening. It's not the IPA is still the IPA, but there's so many other great styles out there. There are and people that are doing really fun things 
Um, and it's fun you, to see that. Yeah, what do you think about the sours, the goes, all of that? Because that seemed to be like coming right after on it the, the so, like somebody like everybody needed a new thing and that was that was it. So and that's what I meant on the farmhouse. You know what I would compare that to? That's like the trend of retro music being in style. We had the seventies and we had the eighties and you'd think that the nineties were gonna be the next big retro movement. It didn't happen. It was too complicated. And that's I think the same thing CNC with the music sours. factory. And that's what happens. <laughs> That's not at all what I was thinking, man. That's so great. But the uh, but I feel like the sours. It's just it was like a, a beer that you have to explain. I, I think is too much for for Joe beer. You know, I mean, Joe Sixpack gets a, an IPA on the golf course. They're like, you know, they I'll have a Budweiser and woof, if I have that, you know, right. that's 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 like a rocket ship. But to explain a sour to him, well, it tastes like an IPA, but it's less alcohol and it's more like a weird wine. Yeah, well, it's I more was like weird get your wine. take on it. Yeah. But, but my take was like, whoa, these are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it. You know, I tried it for a few weeks, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I had a guide. My guide was a brewer uh, in in Montreal. Personal beer guide. Well, I, I, I was in a. I was at the brew pub for five hours. And so he brought me through all the different beers. beers. Yeah, That'd be point. great to have like a personal like beer Sherpa or a, a beer guide. You know? Or like a beer. It'll just take you around the world of what you need to experience. Do you call him like a beer life coach? Because <laughs> yeah, have you noticed that there's a lot of life coaches? We could be beer life coaches. People call us. Let's, it's a Tuesday. What should I be drinking? I feel like we should turn the pot off and just get right on this idea because <laughs> this would be great. Beerlifecoach.com. <laughs> Yeah, you would be great. I so yeah. I, I mean, I I it took me a long time to like sours. Um, it, I having having somebody who could explain them to me and bring me through different flavors. I mean, yeah. again, as you said, going through all that doesn't work most of the time. Yeah, I had this transcendental beer drinking experience, right. and uh, it opened my eyes to things. But when I, you know, my wife tries just about every beer. Uh, anytime it's it's a sour. She's like, "Why are you giving me wine? Like this doesn't like it doesn't taste like like, like it doesn't taste like it, and it is. It tastes like something quite different. It's like when you have a guide, though. I mean, it's like it. It's not the same. Like I remember traveling and being in France and having somebody explain cognac to me, and I was like, "This is the most incredible beverage I've ever had." <laughs> and then every time since then, where I've made the bad decision to order cognac, I'm like, "What am I doing?" Like it's terrible. I mean, it's not terrible. It's I always enjoy the thing. one or to, two times a year that you, you have yeah. something like that. Yeah, like oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's like smoking cigarettes when you're outside the country. It tastes so good. And then you get back in the United States, and it just is just nasty. <laughs> um, are we? Are you opening another beer there, Josh? I am. I'm going to do the raspberry tart because we're talking about this sort of just summer. I mean, I mean, this is a Hefeweizen, but. It, it, uh, you know, it's interesting. So my understanding, and, and we're going to have to get Sean on here at some point to talk about what the hell is going on with the tasting room. But um, my understanding is they're going to do a lot of the uh, specialty beers. You know, I mean, I remember being at one of the beer fests at uh, the uh, Valley Players, and he had a rhubarb saison in there, okay. which nobody really knew what to... Uh, what to make of it, but it was delicious. I like that rhubarb saison. Oh, it's really good. So this is going to taste awful, I think, after what we just had, because we started in the wrong order, but um, 
We're going to finish with this. So, hold on. Shake yeah. hard. Count to ten. Again, for everybody listening at home, this is the Tart Vice. This is brewed in canned Alpharetta, Georgia. When it's just really raspberry sweet. tart ale. And Damn. I'm going to say that it it's is both good. those things. <laughs> all th- I'm sorry, all three of those things. It is raspberry tart ale. It's actually sure. quite delicious. Right? I thought you were going to say it's southern. That was one of the things that it, it definitely is from the taste. You, yeah, is that what you get? It's interesting, though. I, I've been to Atlanta a couple times on business over the years, and you know, 10 years ago, it was a beer desert. There's just no doubt about it. You know, it was the big three, you know. They have the 420 from the one no, brewery. No, they had, they had Budweiser, Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was, that was it. And, um, and the last time I was down there, it was they definitely, you, you saw it creeping out. You saw, you saw the beer scene in these local places starting to pick up. And more power to them. My theory is, is there's a lot more opportunity for places like Atlanta to have that takeoff than places like Colorado because I feel like in states where you have legal marijuana, there's no pressure to have a good beer scene. And it's interesting, like I was in Colorado and I was making fun of Colorado IPAs and people didn't really get where I was coming from. I was like, I'll, I'll send you some. And they totally agree. They're like, there's nothing, There's no, they have nothing like what we're making here. Isn't it like like most things... Like, I mean, you could track, you know, good Vermont beers to, like, a dozen people, you know? Yeah. And maybe sure. you have those dozen people in your state, and maybe you don't. Yeah. You know? And it's just like any kind of culture. Well, and, then, and you know, and, and some of it is regional. I mean, it's, you know, you know, I'm not 100% sure, but I think what's going on in Portland, Maine right now is directly related to what's happening here. Like those yeah. guys, those guys saw yeah. if that's working really well over there. Let let's make that. As somebody who would travel to Maine often and play shows and stuff like that, they were always like, "Oh, you bring yeah the Lawsons and the Hennies. yeah." And then after a while, they were like, "Man, I want to go." Foundation <laughs> and Bissell and, and Bissell and Oxbow and Bunker and yeah, they, they got yeah right. <laughs> they got all that stuff. Yeah. After a while, they didn't they didn't ask it. Yeah. yeah. No, they 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 figured it out. Yeah. enough anyway to have their own thing and now they can spin off and do their own stuff alright so well, let's let's make the gear shift change and shift to music um, because I think music is uh, you know one of the things that we haven't talked about too too much Great. but um, you know St. Patty's Day is tomorrow I'm sure there's a couple bands going on I know the Grift is playing at the Smokehouse great I did just I was listening oh, I, I, I listened to some Grift today on Spotify did you know they're on Spotify Really interesting. I they hear that they're actually like like they're recording stuff. live at Mad River Glen is on Spotify, which I thought was really oh uh, okay yeah um, no it was really good but uh, but Josh what do you got what's on your concert list I mean nothing this weekend uh, nothing this weekend I'm talking about the spring you can give us the but spring there uh, there are a fair number of shows I did last week went to a show to see a musician that I've been trying to see actively for 21 years um, oh and. I've had either tickets or something major happen in my life on eight separate occasions when I was going to a show and it didn't happen. Um, and he happened to play the night of my wedding in the same town, the night of my child's birth in the same town. Um, and I had tickets multiple times and shows were canceled. So I thought I was going to get in a car wreck on the way there, but he played a living room show in, uh, in Burlington. Uh, Richard Buckner, um, he's a singer-songwriter, been around for, I don't know, he was on Merge for, no, he was on. Was he on? Oh, wow. Richard Buckner. Richard Buckner. But anyway, singer-songwriter, 
um, sort of in a oh, country type of type of vein. But uh, did you see them? Do you know who Margot Price is? Mm-hmm. I've heard Margot she's Price. Name, she's but... she's coming to high room. Yeah, I mean she's total trad country, but she, at the same point she's she sounds great. She's got a great voice, fantastic, and yeah. she's one of the she's like a the paid her dues singer who's now getting some props. All right. country, I think, might be turning a little comeback here. Oh, I love that. Is one. that is that the retro sort of? What's well, funny? It's you know, I don't know. It, come, it comes around like most things every twenty. You're talking about alt or country so. or just regular country? Alt country. I feel like there's almost like the alt country is. Old country. Well, like Sturgill Simpson. And yeah, correct. That kind of, it's right. like they, they're actually country as opposed to radio country. Right. You know, they're not playing Sunny in 74 or whatever that song is or getting right. drunk on a plane. Although I saw that concert <laughs> and he did bring a plane out. <laughs> oh, wow. It was a fake plane. It wasn't a real plane. Yeah, that's tough to pull off if you're not Pink Floyd. Yeah, exactly. All right, so what else you got on your concert list? I mean, the next show that's coming up that I'm going to go see is Yola Tango, which I haven't seen them in a long time. Uh-huh. 15 or 20 albums, how many records they've made. Yeah, prolific. Um, the Mountain Goats are coming to um, here as well, which is kind of great. With the a band called Dead Rider, which I haven't seen. but the Mountain Goats aren't their own band? Oh, oh, no, 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 Mountain Goats are. And I've seen John Darnell's sort of thing, which I've seen a couple times, but... And with some, my, my friend told me, he was like, it's highly experimental 21st century rock and funk band from Chicago. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, 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 and it's well, weird that, weird that that's well, open. It sounds highly experimental. <laughs> highly experimental. I was, I was like, okay, thank you. Um, uh, Waking Windows Music Festival, uh, which we'll, we're going to be vending at for Noah's Fizzy first weekend of May. And where is that? Um, downtown Winooski. So last year they had 184 bands over three days. Holy. And they just take over the, the circle in, in, uh, in Winooski. I've heard they have a, the same name, probably same group, has, has does the same thing in Portland. Yeah, so they started one in Portland two yeah. or three years Waking ago. Waking Windows. Waking yeah. Windows. So it was Waking Windows Portland. They did a Waking Windows Detroit last did year. Did they really? Um, wow. And uh, it's a great group of people. What, yeah. is the name, what does that mean, Waking Windows? Is I don't know. A, have a, is there a reference there? Just, I, it's just catchy? That, that's just the name. So they, they do their own shows. Um, shows throughout the year, mostly uh, in Burlington, a lot at the Monkey House, and, and they they uh, arts ride a bunch of different places. But yeah. this festival, um, I mean, Rough Francis last year was was incredible, and they're going to be there again this year. But a bunch of there's a band called Braids, a lot of Montreal bands that end up coming down to oh, it. Wow. So yeah. it's a it's a pretty special thing. Uh, Bonnie Prince Billy's coming early June. I think. Oh yeah. Bonnie, so also known as Will Oldham. Yeah. And did you ever see the the uh, Kanye West "Can't Tell Me Nothing" um, uh, <laughs> video that he did with Zach Galifianakis? Yes, I did. Where Zach's on the on the on, on the, the tractor, tractor and yeah, got the Amish girls dancing. That was like my introduction to Kanye. I yes. love that. So, so that's that that so that's Will Oldham, also known as Bonnie Prince. No Bonnie. shit. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite videos of all time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, oh. <laughs> and actually, they use that. If I'm not mistaken, they use that uh, in the first Hangover. Oh, like they? when they're driving. Into oh, Vegas. yeah, you're right. Oh, oh, oh. as they're yes. driving down the road, and, and I, I felt so clued in. I was like, I know that. <laughs> as a guy, I didn't, even, I didn't even know who Kanye West was at that point. But yeah, that's a great video. Yeah. So anyway, that's my Prince Billy. Um, John Prine's coming. To I saw it. Oh, that's cool. Which is really cool, and yeah. like. 
you know, it, I feel like it's similar to like when Bob Dylan came last year and I was like multiple times I've been like, I'm not going to go see Bob Dylan. I just can't. And I feel that kind of the, the same, same thing about John Prine. Like it's, but it's $97 or something. Is it really? Yeah. And it's, I mean, you can buy cheaper tickets and that's not good tickets for a hundred bucks, but it's John Prine. Like, yeah. To say you saw him. I, I, but, and I gotta say, when I saw Bob Dylan finally, that, Shelburne on um, Ben and Jerry Ben and Jerry's concerts on the Green. Yeah, was that? It was incredible. Really? It was way better than I thought. I like because I like, told myself it was like there was concert magic happened towards the end of that show, which I did not expect. I mean, he did not interact with anybody. No. Like whatever. That's and, not how he I mean, and I don't even think the lights were on, and his and his bus was like ripping out of the parking lot. <laughs> he got his check and he was gone. But yeah, yeah. still, it was something else. Yeah. Uh, and that's great to hear, though. Yeah. Um, friendly gathering. Oh, the friendly um, yeah. gathering. Yeah, and and I'm really excited. Let's hope for good weather this year. Yeah, right? like, not uh, a rain out. Yeah, um, I went last year. For did a day, you? And uh, it was it was the worst weather I've ever seen for a stretch of time. Yeah, but you know the hippie kids did not care. They were having a grand old time, and the staging was fantastic. You know, they had one stage. Uh, down at sort of the bottom of the Sunny D lift. Yeah. And then the other stage was kind of up by um, the lodge. Oh, by, by Inverness. Yeah. And so when one stage would end, the other stage would light up and go. Right. And for everyone Can't... listening at home, it's uh, Mount Ellen, right? It was at Mount Ellen, yeah. yeah. And it was it was great. The staging was super professional. The bands were great. Yeah. Um, I mean, the weather, yeah, was crappy, but, the, you know, they had food trucks and it, it was really. Um, it was really cool. I was and what's really going on that. this year, dude? Is it what release lineup? They have that? Twiddle will be there. It's well, Twiddle. It's their festival. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, like that's the headline headline, and there's a bunch yeah. of other things that I don't know honestly. But there's one musician that I'm super psyched to see. Yeah, uh, Kevin Morby. Uh, he was in a band called Woods and another band called The Babies that I've mm-hmm. seen a couple times. But he's he. <laughs> I have he, a question. When do you go to work? <laughs> well, between the brewing and I, yeah, do you have a job? That's a good question. I, I do, but I, I I'd rather do. Uh, you, know, you, want, you don't want to talk about it. Right <laughs> I now? enjoy having. Okay. I, yeah. I I play really hard. I, I go to a lot of shows and do other things for fun that balance out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Time for work. But uh, <laughs> I had a music blog for a while that um, that turned into a kind of a beast and. Uh, and it was really great. And what was, was the name of your music? It's called False Forty Fifth. And what does that mean? Um, uh, the, uh, the 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 Forty Fifth uh, Parallel. Yeah. It's supposed to be between Canada and the United States, but it's not actually at the Forty Fifth Parallel. When you go up to the border, it says, well, "Welcome to the the Meridian, the Forty Fifth Parallel." And then, like about half a mile, three quarters of a mile later, like, "Oh, now you're in Canada," um, because a lot it it's False Forty Fifth. It was supposed to be there. And it's, right. So the False Forty Fifth is. It's geographic. It's Vermont specific. It has nothing to do with music, but the blog was <laughs> but, but, but that blog URL was, was available. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. And, and so my buddy Brian and I, we we did this together, yeah. and uh, from two thousand three for uh, five or six years. We, yeah, we were mentioned in Rolling Stone a couple times, uh, you like, were. which is just Good silly. Lord. Um, because it was like tastemakers with music, and I was like, well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, but. But, but, you know, I went to a lot of, like, this was right after my son was born, and uh, right around the time my son was born, and I, you know, I realized that, like, my work life is really full, and my personal life is really full. 
I better amp up my other side of my life. That's neither <laughs> of those two things. I was and saying, I got really into music. Yeah, you got really bored with a, a new kid in the house and a full-time job. And well, I, I just I, like, I had to do something. Well, it did, like the math doesn't work, right? It's not like one plus one. It's like everything's exponential. But no, I have a, no, I have it's a, true. So it's interesting. So when my kids were really young, I did a ton of blogging as well on Wicked Outdoorsy. But I wrote a ton because your sleep schedule was so erratic. Because like you're up at nighttime. You'd wake up at like, I can't go back to bed at four. I'm like, well, I'll go down and maybe do a blog post and, you know, and, and pump it out there. Once I started sleeping past four and five, like my blogging dropped off fairly significantly. Right. You know? And yeah. I think that that was sort of part of the, the, the little kid schedule for sure. I wasn't writing blogs. I was watching... Frasier. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I watched a lot of Frasier when like, <laughs> the kids were little. Yeah. yeah. When the kids were little, they, the advice I have is so funny. Like, I have this standard piece of advice for, like, when I meet guys who have uh, little, little kids, and it's like, my wife and I had this policy for a while, and it was full amnesty for anything said between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. Like, Oh, that's any, a great anything, policy. That yeah, any argument nice. you have, like, it doesn't count the next day. Right. It's like, shit happens between two and four. It's unfair time. It's like, un Yeah, like, let's just forget that that ever happened and just kind of move on. But, uh, <laughs> what about you, Chicken? You got any concerts you're psyched to see this spring? I won't talk about the spring so much. It is, you know, spring starts next week. Along those lines, uh, I heard Red Sox baseball on WDEV. Yes, yesterday and, and I was like weeping, oh, weeping. <laughs> yeah thank god yeah spring is coming yeah. summer's coming um I can only look as far as this weekend and I will be walking up the street from my house to go see the full Cleveland oh. play Yacht Rock at oh. Castle Rock Pub is that tomorrow that's is tomorrow that I'm kind of psyched I'm like whoo is the full Cleveland good I have no idea. I saw the poster. It looks, but I when I was a everything kid, about it is amazing. But when I was a kid, we're that was yacht like rock, we're about it's Chris yacht rock rocks. covers. It is a yacht rock cover band. There name good. three yacht rock songs. Um, what a fool believes by the Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers is yacht rock. I thought with Michael they McDonald, they were oh for sure. Yacht rock. Yeah, they yes. yeah. I'm going to distinction. I'm going right, to say this song. is it by Kenny Loggins. And Sailing by Christopher yeah. Cross. Well, it has to be Sailing. And I have to say that I'm really excited about it because, um, you know, I don't listen to all that stuff. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, bouncing around in the backseat listening to all that stuff. So, yeah. And it's next to my house. So. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. That's what I'm adding to music. Yeah. yeah but but, it is, but it, it's kind of like the comfort food, right? Like It's exactly I, that. I mean, it's the time I went to see Billy Joel and I was like, oh my goodness, I know every song. Yeah, I didn't know I did, but they're all part of who I am in a very like in a non non uh, aware way. Where did you see Billy Joel? I saw him at the Madison Square Garden. You did at MSG. That was probably no, I bet no, sorry, awesome. no, it was not MSG. It was the bar across the street. No, it was <laughs> it was where the where the 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 Nets used to play the Meadowlands. Uh, that the, I think it was the Continental Airlines Arena in Jersey. And it, it, yeah, in Jersey in the Meadowlands, oh, yeah. and it was. Billy Joel and Elton John. There's a bigger there's a bigger story. My brother had his wish granted from Make a Wish Foundation, oh. and it was to meet Billy Joel. Um, so I definitely had a lot of Billy Joel in my sure. background. But um, and, and so, how do you explain that to Elton John when you're backstage? 
<laughs> we're here from Nick Wish. We're here to meet Billy and Joel. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is... That's such a weird concept. <laughs> he did come out, and it was it was definitely weird when Elton John came out. It was uncomfortable, and we were like standing, we were like standing in the like in the bowels of this building. You know, it has a whole like Jimmy Hoffa background, oh, totally. you know, it's stories and such. Yeah. The best part was that that here we were. My brother, um, uh, this is uh, this is actually two, I think it was two thousand one, uh, summer of two thousand one, and we're in New York, and uh, uh, and. And we meet the wish granter. There's someone whose job is to grant people's wish. She's like to, to arrange all these type of things. Yeah. And my brother, at the time I was in grad school, my brother's 10 years younger than I am. Your adopted brother? Yes. Yeah, my adopted brother. And uh, and, and and he had his, his wish granted and had this this uh, wish granter. And we met her like at the main entrance. And it was crazy. I mean, there was like a, a stretch limo. We stayed in Times Square. Like the whole weekend yeah, was just wow. unbelievable. Yeah. And... Uh, and so here we were, we meet the wish granter, and this woman is psyched. Like she is so psyched <laughs> for this. And I was like, I was like, I was like, you're really excited. She was like, I am. She was like, she was like, I, I saw the wrestler Goldberg four times last week. Nobody wants to see Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she's totally in the demographic of Billy Joel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she was like as as excited as my brother, if not more, uh, to meet Billy Joel. How was the show? It was unbelievable. And and because you knew everything and everybody's happy. Well, and there's only been a couple. Like I've gone to a lot of shows in my days, but I've ne- like the number of people that are at that level that I've seen are very few, right? Like I, I, yeah, I, I I've saw seen a couple. Somebody who can the pack, legends who can yeah, pack and but like I don't even put like um, yeah. um oh goodness, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy Buffett. Well, anyway, yes, that 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 there yeah. wasn't Jimmy Buffett, but someone very similar yeah, that in worked. that I level. Yeah. Uh, and. And it's a whole nother thing. Like, like he's got you in the palm of his hands. Like, it, there's so much power on that stage. Especially yeah. in that geographic region. Well, I was in New Jersey seeing, like, it's I mean, big. if I was in Long Island, it was the only way that could have been more ridiculous. Correct. Uh, but <laughs> it was, and, 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 like, people are throwing bras on stage. He's, like, he's, like, he's, like, putting them on his head. And then, like, he does a piano, and Elton John does a piano behind him. Or, actually, they, they have the, the, grand, the baby grands are facing each other. And he puts, like, the bra on Billy Joel's I mean, Elton John's face and, and people go crazy. It's ridiculous. Uh, but but the whole Tom Jones thing going on, right? It it, uh, it it was a really the what was also fun. My parents are super rule abiders, like it, you know whatever the rules are. So here we were. The stage is your father front, is a uh, is a minister yes. and like follows every rule. So he, um, here we are in arena. There on one end is the is is where the stage is. We're off to the side a little bit, but still like very much up front. And I realized like it's halfway. Like, I was like, wow, I realized I have an all-access pass. So I just go down, go go to the front, and go to the back, and uh, I walk right in. They let me in. Yeah. And I hang out with the limo driver for Billy Joel's mom. <laughs> and, like, eat all Billy this. Billy Joel's mom. Yeah. Love limo. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And uh, we, like, I, there's, like, all this amazing food and, like, just free booze. And, like, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And so I went and, like, grabbed my brother and brought him down. You know, brought down right up front, and we're you know, what's the encore? It's piano man. Yeah. And, um, it had to be, of course. And uh, does and, he even sing it? I'm sure. The yeah, everybody sings, sings it. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. And we were yeah. like front row for piano man. It was pretty amazing. That's pretty. Uh, that's awesome. a good one. Yeah, but 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 seeing musicians at that level is a whole. It's it's a whole other thing. Well, it's funny, and you know, I. Uh, the word on the street in the music trades is that bands are coming back, right? 
I hear this. Have you have we talked about this? Uh, or or yeah. But that that you know. Oh, you know what it was? It was uh, we were listening to that Bill Simmons podcast. Yes, absolutely. And he was and that guy that promoter was talking about bands coming back like Greta Van Vliet and uh, which who I love. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know who those guys are, but I but it's loud and Guns and Roses ish, and I would love to see them. When you say promoter, the person who's promoting that music was saying what the next thing was happening. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Drinking a, a little of his own wine, but whatever. But I, but I like that idea. It's a, it, you know the thing is is like when you tell somebody something that they want to be true, it has a higher than normal chance of being true. And I think people do want bands to come back. <clears throat> we do want to have a hot ticket that we have to go see. It's true. I but but I remember. It was a Times article a couple of years ago, like rock and roll is dead. Right. You know, it has now joined the classic American forms. Right. And it lives in the past. Yeah. Jazz. And yes, it has joined yeah. blues, blues and, and jazz yeah. as classic I American forms. I don't, yeah, I think it's got a little bit more. Yeah. Go to Wakey Windows Music Festival first weekend in May. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and 184 bands at the And grab yourself a Fizzy Lemonade while you're there. Yeah. What was your, Chicky, what was your first concert that you saw? Like, first, like, major? Uh, first major or first minor concert? What are you doing? Like, what's the first one that you want to admit to? I'm just going to tell, tell you that my dad brought me, it was probably my first concert. All right. Um, First one with parents, first one without parents. How about that? Okay, sounds great. Uh, my dad brought me to Portland City Hall in Portland, Maine, and we saw the Pat Metheny group. Ooh, wow. Yeah, which, well, you know. That's high concept right there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is really cool, man. These guys were, and I still love watching that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was a good one to see. All right, first one without parents. First one without parents was in excess, baby. <laughs> and where was that? That was at Colby College. It was not. In Waterville, Maine. What That's year was that? Huge. That was 90... Yeah. Something. Yeah. I think that... I was... No, no, no. It wasn't 90-something. It was probably 80... 88. Yeah. yeah. I think I was on campus, but I didn't go. I don't know. I can't remember what that is. That's good. What about you, Josh? What was your first... Like, first concerts with parents, without parents. So, first concert was with my sisters and my mother. This is going totally going to date and show my age. Yeah. Which is, uh, anyway, you can react the way you want to. <laughs> well, which, I, which I'm sure I will. Uh, Vanilla Ice was opening up for MC Hammer. <laughs> That's I knew amazing. That. At the, at We've the, had this conversation. Yes, at the Knickerbock Arena, which was amazing because... Wait, so who was opening? Vanilla Ice was opening up for MC Hammer. Uh. And... And my son went to his very first concert two years ago. It was the I Love the 90s tour at the Champlain Exposition. And guess who was the headliner? Vanilla Ice. So both I and my son are first musicians we saw on the show was Vanilla Ice. It's either amazing or terribly amazing. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Was that a good show? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And I remember, like, I was, like, eighth grade or seventh grade. I remember, like, going... Halfway through my tech class, like showing up with the the MC Hammer shirt on, like I was Were you wearing the parachute pants. Hot as shit. Um, for Halloween, for sure. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Halloween. Was that? Was that? Had you started your break dancing career at that point? No, uh, it started soon thereafter. Okay, just checking. Yeah. This has come up a couple times. Yeah. We need to dish on the whole. The well, whole we can. We don't have to. Back. We don't have to dig on that because we're gonna. We need to well, I, I'll, 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 soon, I'll tell you this much of it. Um, I did break dance a little bit in high school, and then when I was in college, 
Uh, it was in college from 96 to 2000. And well, the story, first of all, like when I tell this story, because I told it to my kids, <laughs> Josh was in college at this, because we got a, we got a, um, we got a pamphlet from your school. You did. Um, and uh, it is Warren Wilson, Wilson right? Yep, in Asheville. Tiny Asheville. little, like, a thousand kid school. If it was that, 500 when I was there. Five, it's like a thousand, right? And we got, and actually, look, the material looked great. And I was like, you know, I was telling my daughter, who's like looking at colleges, you know, Josh Schwartz went there, as did Leah and Connor, yep. you know, all these people that you know. And, and actually, Josh was telling me that they had a really good basketball team full of like Eastern European guys. And well, we didn't have cheerleaders or anything. Um, and Were you on the basketball team? I was not. Okay. But, <laughs> but, but but we started the Y2 crew. Y2K. Yeah. I'm uh, and <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I didn't um, know that. A bit, a bit of a fake name. But uh, y, Y2 crew, Y2K. Yeah. Uh, my name, my breaking name was Kid Loose. Uh, and... Uh, and... <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, we... There were times where we did the halftime show uh, <laughs> at the basketball at the basketball games. That's great. I also got I also got the uh, dean one of the deans to pay for us to have a, a, a sheet of linoleum uh, that we would carry around and like, go to parties and just lay it out. You didn't oh, have cardboard. So you could do we, the, the, yeah, yes, you could break. Yeah, no, it was higher class than cardboard. Plus, you could roll up, <laughs> you could, like roll up cardboard. So you roll up linoleum, and right. you like roll into a party. Oh, so a lot of them were outside because it was like a pasture. Who were some of the other names in in oh, Y2 goodness. crew? I can't remember. I mean, Kid Loose. That is awesome. I it was like Y2 crew. <laughs> and what was your go-to? Little name? Raz was one. <laughs> <laughs> and when the, like there was a party on campus, and like somebody would come in from like the crew would come in. Yeah. With the linoleum on the shoulder. And you knew it was like, happening. Here yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> People get hyped. Yeah. <laughs> People get real hyped. And people were up rocking. Yeah. Right? It was like full on. Like, yeah. That's awesome. And you have like people like join in and you got to do battle battles the whole nine yards. Because before that, they would just pop in the laser disc of Electric Boogaloo too. <laughs> yes. Right? Which, yes. Which I know you have. Which I do currently own. Yeah, yes. Right. A, uh, a laser disc of uh, uh, Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Oh, that's it. I'm sorry. I got break, that wrong. Break Into Electric, electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Yeah. Right. Not yes. to be confused with Breaking One, which I don't know which one. Has. Which I, I don't think it had. It, it doesn't have as much manual boogaloo. <laughs> See, just, maybe. Could be. So, hold on. I, I had a little special surprise for you guys. Wait, you have to read the instructions out on the rim. What? No, I'm not doing that. Anyway. So it says to shake hard. Okay, I will do that. Is it, is it April Fool's beer? It might it be. could be. This could explode. Anyway, um, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about beer, and I knew that Josh was coming, and we've done our talk about cider, and this was in my fridge, and I think that this is going to turn out to be one of the worst things that anyone <laughs> has tasted. So I, sa so I saved it for you guys, right? So we're going to try right now, before the end of the show, we're going to try New England's craft cider is, is their tagline, but this is the Down East Unfiltered. And these, Where's it from? Well, let's, let's it's from Down East. Let's I feel like it's from Portland. Find it. I oh, think God, it's from Maine. Yeah, it must be Maine. Yeah. That is some small farm. Downey Cider. Oh, on Boston Mets. Here's what it said. One time on a sales trip to Bangor, Maine, the crew had a few too many Lewiston martinis and ended up at the casino. Yes. Joe and co. were cut off, kicked out, and attempted to sneak back in only to find Bangor's finest 
We heard you boys were looking to gamble with more than your money. Still want to fuck around? Gulp. That's what, that's, <laughs> that, that's what they... That's the end of it. That's, that's the end of it. And then yeah. it says, for the complete story, go to the website. What the hell? Oh it's my like, God, we have to go to the website. Yeah, we, that's called a cliffhanger. Yeah. Anyway, so this is the Roasted Joe... Right. Coffee oh. and bourbon cider. So we're having Down East Unfiltered. This is Roasted Joe flavor. It's coffee and bourbon cider. So I'm going to crack it open, and Josh is going to taste it, and he's going to give us our his first impression. Pour a little in there, too, for, for me. I, wanna, I don't okay. want him to have to. Well, there's two cans. <laughs> you have your own can. <laughs> you can have your own one. First of all, the color is, it looks Why like cider. Shake it, it looks like cider. Yeah. Straw. Okay. Well, the other one, yeah. Have you seen the gin and juice, the Stowe cider with Bar Hill gin? Mm-hmm. That looks like trouble. I've, I've, I've had that a couple times. All right. Well, Drew's tasted it first. What do you think about the Down East unfiltered roasted Joe cider? It's not bad. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you kidding me? Really? Actually, yeah, I kind of like it. Dude, you're killing me. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? Really. It's like the coffee flavor is quite mild. And, and it definitely comes on the back end. There's, yeah. there's a little bit more it's coffee. It's cider. It's just a little bit of coffee. It I'm just not, tastes like cider. Right. And there's like this weird filmy smokiness to it. It tastes like cider that you poured in a coffee mug. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it tastes There's like. definitely coffee in the aftertaste. It tastes good, though. Yeah, like you didn't do the dishes the day before, and yeah. you came home from work, cracked a cider, and poured it in your coffee. Do you think room. that's how they started? That might right. be on the story. And they were like, this is the best thing. We have to recreate this. Because <laughs> it always starts with a mistake. Yeah, that, that was like, <laughs> and that was their mistake. Here, I'll give this back to you. I, I, think, they, I think they continued. I know how much you want that. They continued the mistake. They did continue. <laughs> well done. Hey, they canned it. Um, I'm going to say that that was not a failure, that that was just kind of was, some filmy was, cider. It was pretty good. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. All right. I've had worse. I've definitely had worse. It's uh, funny, you know, the, the ciders, not to be named, but a lot of the ciders, uh, the big national ciders that are trying to get in on it have just way too much sugar. Oh, yeah. To, you know, whereas this actually has that sort of dry cider, which, well, and the citizen, citizen cider... Really dry. Yeah. In they, general. They have a bunch of different ones there. Well, yeah. Obviously, Dirty Mayor is He's by far my favorite. Yeah. And I, from a lot of people, I've heard the same thing. You're cider yeah, fan, too. I, uh, I mean, you know, that one in particular, like, that's a, the, the ginger cider. Yeah. Um, I find that it's interesting. I, I like that some one. dry ones there. The Lake Hopper is actually pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Is that the... It's, that's the, the driest the one. one. Yeah. And then the Stowe Cider, the uh, safety meeting is kind of my go-to one. But, yeah. but but it's interesting. The, all those ciders are so similar to each other. They're just a, a, a hint of a fraction of a difference between them. Because cider must be just really hard to change. The exactly. I, I think that, that that drives the whole yeah drives the can. But I think that's another topic for another episode. But uh, I think we should wrap it up. Ceremonial high five. Are you gonna you're gonna do a quick March Madness? Yeah. No, I felt <laughs> like I had to. I just want to throw it out there because yeah. well, already I'm blown. Here's my here's my final four and and championship for yeah. March Madness. All right, and you guys can chime in if you want. Uh, final four, I have Arizona. Not in it. Not in they it. They got smoked. Xavier. Is that Buffalo? Xavier. It's all yeah. on Xavier. Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. And um, sorry, Chuck, Kansas. Yeah. And then uh, no, no championship no. game, I have uh, Xavier Purdue, and I have. 
Purdue winning at all. That's not going to happen. That's a, I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. Well, we'll Brendan, give me a call. I know you're upset about what I just said. I th- All I know, I can't even remember what I picked, but I do have Villanova winning at all. Because that's the only school of the Final Four where I've visited in the last year. You had Villanova beaten And Purdue, I really liked it. I was in the Villanova, the I was in the Villanova gym. It was awesome. Disgusting. But you, no Virginia in your Final Four? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for grad school, I went to Virginia Tech. Oh, okay. Hoagies fan, and they lost last night to Alabama. Yeah, heartbreaking, and it kind of fell apart. But, but uh, I had them to win too. But no, my brackets are wrong. Yeah, my brackets. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. It's over. But I wanted to throw it out there anyway, just to see you know years to come. Whenever yeah, well, you, you never know. And we and we could get Emmerich back on here to talk about the UVM. But uh, he and I are now we're uh, we're talking about maybe driving down to Albany tomorrow to go see uh, UVM lacrosse because they are number twelve in the country right. Go Catamounts. And they're playing Albany, who is number one in the country right now. Really? Ooh. And when was the, the last the time? Danes? The Danes. The Danes. When was the last time that UVM played anybody who was number one in the country in any sport? I mean, it's... it's yeah, I mean, never. It's, it's, uh, so that's a possible road trip to at least tomorrow. But they play outside? Good for you. Playing outside. Turf. You know, but... So they play the... Yeah, yeah they the turf. They'll plow it. Um, I have no idea what they have for snow down there, but I'm sure it's... I, they, 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 get, they got a good amount. Yeah, I'm sure that was much. It's supposed to be 32 degrees, and anyway, that will that'll keep me away from the ski hill on St. Patty's Day, which sounds like a... no. You're gonna hang out at a lacrosse game in Albany on St. Patty's Day? Maybe it's not gonna be much different. <laughs> <laughs> True story. All right, and I'm gonna Josh. Thanks for coming. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Super fun. Check it out. Bye bye. We did it. We did it.